Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Monday, October 17th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith uh, with you, uh, ready to break down the Monday card. Just a reminder, moving forward, our Monday shows will be a little bit later than the normal 2 p.m. Eastern. So we're looking at around 2.45 most Mondays Eastern time till the end of the college football season. But we are here. Uh, before we get into the card, too, we want to mention uh, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash iceguys. And it's just $10 a month to get on with that. Uh, get on board with that. You'll get our daily Ice Guys show card. You'll get tons of content, features, Alex's goalie rankings, my power ratings, my first uh, set. I mean, I had a preseason set. I didn't post them because it's just time issues, but my first adjusted set uh, for the first week of the season got posted to the page last night. So you can check that out right now. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. You've already had to make some adjustments, you know, in terms of uh, upgrading teams, downgrading teams. So uh, make sure you check that out. It is on the uh, page. So. A lot of great content there. And a quick thing, too, about this, because I know we both technically have our own sets of team power rankings. Like the, the way that the that my chart works is that those are the teams ranked in order, and then the goaltenders ranked who's starting, who's the backups, uh, and the drop-off I have between one goalie to the next. So, Ian, is your chart more of a fast chart and saying that, you know, it'll change within a couple of weeks, or is it more of a slow chart that, you know, it's long-term stuff, you're not going to overact by – one or two big losses or one or two big wins. Now, that's exactly the case. I mean, you look at it, I've upgraded Philly significantly uh, in my power ratings, but we're not going from 30 sec because they were actually dead last for me coming in. Right. I, I had them below Chicago, Arizona, San Jose, uh, any of those bottom feeders you could think of. I had uh, Philadelphia lower than all of them, and they've obviously had a nice little 2-0 and start. They got a little exuberance for their new head coach, John Tortorella, and it's not always shocking to see Torts get the most out of his teams early, and that was the one concern I had with the Philly uh, worst regular season record bet that I have is that maybe Torts is just going to get everything out of this team, but yeah, they're 2-0. and They do have one of the best records in the NHL, but just because they have one of the best records in the NHL now, you can't put them all the way up in the top 10. You know, right, it's, exactly. it's been an, it's been an upgrade. We've moved them up, but we haven't moved them from 32nd to 10th or 12th or anything. It's just up to 24th is where I've got them now. Okay. Still, you know, one of the bottom 10 teams in the league, uh, but clearly we've moved them up a little bit. But again, a bad week now for Philly this week, and they could move right back down again. So right. it's constantly an adjustment, as, as it is in the betting industry, of course. Right. Right, and I was gonna say my rankings are a bit slower in terms of, like I said, I'll I'll move the goalies around, uh, especially obviously, for example, Toronto. Uh, you know, when you have an injury, you know, I shuffle an injury an injured player out of the top two spot, and I bring in whoever the backup is. But the teams they're changed a little bit in this update I just did, maybe like fifteen minutes ago. They won't move that much in a week, where the goaltenders might move in three days. So that's something to keep in mind when you're using these these charts and these rankings. And definitely when you check them out. We're also working on some more bonus content uh, coming up. We've got things lined up in the next two, three weeks uh, that we'll be posting on the Patreon page. So patreon.com slash guys. Just $10 a month, but a lot more extra things that we can't fit into our regular show and, and that uh, pertinent info that we can share with you guys. Exactly. Good stuff indeed. And again, the daily card that we have, the plays that we recommend on this show is available on the Patreon page as well. We know people are tight for time. They can't listen and watch every show. Uh, and that's the benefit of that. You'll get our plays that we give out on the show. 
on the uh, Patreon page that we post them daily on there. All right, let's get to the Monday card. A rare day off in the NHL, but we're back at it with uh, nine games tonight uh, in the NHL, starting with Vancouver and Washington. Uh, the Capitals minus 135, home favorite, six the total. So am I ready to buy Washington? Everything's hunky-dory. Everything's phenomenal again that they beat Montreal. Not a chance. I like Vancouver here in this spot, plus 115. I think it's a focus spot. I think it's a Canucks team that, Wants to get off the schneid. I think I liked hearing what I heard from JT Miller after a disheartening loss where they had a 2 nothing lead to Philadelphia Saturday. They coughed it up. JT Miller saying, I just, I've got to be a whole lot better. You know, not only me, uh, the team has to play better, but I think I can be a whole lot better than I've been. So I like JT Miller to score a goal tonight uh, as well. Uh, some props involving him. Uh, I think Vancouver gets uh, certainly desperation, urgency. You know, now that they've started the season, uh, they lost the first game against Edmonton. They lost, of course, to Philly. They're 0-2. Uh, I think Vancouver here as a, at a nice underdog spot, at underdog price, plus 115, in a spot where I think we're going to get them really uh, playing the right way to try to get this first win. I expect them to be that little extra effort defensively on the back check. Maybe blocking a shot or two more than you normally would uh, in a regular season. I think you'll see all that uh, come to the forefront tonight for the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this game. Demko and Kemper, uh, by the way, uh, the goaltenders that are confirmed uh, for this game. Keep in mind, too, Washington's still very much shorthanded up front. Uh, Kuznetsov now as well, uh, a day-to-day situation. Game-time decision for tonight's game for Washington. Uh, They've already got uh, absences of Backstrom, Haglin, and Wilson. So if you add Kuznetsov onto that, certainly a shorthanded Washington team. I like Vancouver in this spot as a dog. Uh, Vancouver, uh, Alex, what do you think here? Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm on a, like Vancouver here in the spot as well. And this is a capital team, like I said. You know, they got the win against Montreal, but that wasn't a, a easy win by any means. They had to still kind of grind out and battle for it. So that that's just telling you where they are at right now. And they're like one of those teams that I I did drop in my power rankings. Uh, you know, they just seem to be a slow bad team with not much offensive punch, something that we could always kind of rely on with Washington. You didn't know what kind of defense you were going to get. We were questions about the goaltending last year, but now the offense is a question. That's a really bad sign uh, for the Caps here. So I like Vancouver to get back on, on the right track at plus price here. All right, like in Vancouver as well. Pittsburgh, Montreal. We've got Pittsburgh minus 250 uh, road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Lots going on here with this game. First of all is the uh, – uh, fact that uh, Jake Allen added to the injury report for Montreal, uh, not injury report, but actually a leave of absence. Uh, so he won't be available tonight uh, for uh, the Canadians, won't start. So Sam Montembeau uh, will be in net tonight for uh, Montreal in this game against uh, Pittsburgh. And the Penguins are uh, going to start for the first time this year, Casey DeSmith, uh, giving uh, Tristan Jari uh, a night off and a break here uh, in net for the uh, Penguins tonight. DeSmith uh, in net last year. Uh, 2.79 goals against average, 9.14 save percentage, and the win-loss record was only 11 and 11, so 500 with uh, DeSmith uh, in that. I'm taking a shot, Alex, with Montreal here, a small shot. I mean, Montreal is going to be one of those teams where you got to pick your spots with them, but the one thing I know about the Habs so far, the loss to Detroit, the loss to Washington, the loss to Detroit was not good because they got thoroughly outplayed, outshot. You know, Detroit was the better team in that game. Uh, no question about that. But in a tough spot back-to-back against Washington, you know, they hung in there. I mean, I thought they played a decent road game in that one. Now they're back home where they have their one win this year against Toronto. I think being in front of the Bell Center crowd, you saw great energy from them when they played the Leafs. 
I certainly like the forward group, Caulfield and Andersons and Suzuki and company. I, I definitely think Montreal can put the puck in the net, especially at home. And you got a Pittsburgh team that, look, great start, but they played Arizona, who's worst team in my power ratings right now that just got posted uh, in their first game at home. And then they played a Tampa Bay game. It was a good, nice win, really nice win against the Lightning, who are still a very good team. But keep in mind the spot for Tampa. It was a back-to-back. They played in Columbus the night before. I think Pittsburgh kind of took advantage of that. And they also faced Brian Elliott. They did not face uh, Andre Vasilevsky in that uh, on Saturday night. So I think now they're going on the road for the first time after two you know, good home performances. I could see this one being a tougher game for Pittsburgh than maybe they think. Uh, going into it. So I'm going to sprinkle on the Habs here at plus 210, and I like the over as well at six and a half uh, in this game. I think it'll get there. Uh, Pittsburgh is scoring. Pittsburgh's on this crazy over streak now dating back to last year. I think 10 or 11 in a row have gone over for Pittsburgh. So, And they've scored six in every game uh, so far this year. I think they'll score still on Montreal, but I think Montreal at, at home they will contribute to the offense as well. So I like this game over the toe. Look for a six and a half because a lot of books have moved to seven. Uh, see if you can find a six and a half. If you can, I like that over. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Pens and half. Yeah, this is one where I'm going to look at live with the over. I think Pittsburgh, this is, you know, Montreal, not, they know they can't keep up with the same kind of pace and tempo that Pittsburgh's been playing with these last couple of games. They have good offensive punch, but not enough speed, in my opinion, to go uh, trade tip for tat. So I think we get a little bit better value in game. And we've seen this so far this year. We saw a lot of the uh, first period overs and full game overs cash on Saturday, but there was a lot of time in between. You didn't have to bet everything pregame. You could have gotten better prices on uh, a lot of things uh, if you just waited within the first two to five minutes in game. So that's the way I would approach this here. As far as the side goes, the only thing I look at would be Pittsburgh. Uh, they're rocking and rolling offensively. And that's something that, you know, like I said, when this team's fully healthy, which they are right now, knock on wood, uh, for those of you in the Steel City, but uh, you know they can they can get some goals. Uh, that, that that's not an issue. The only issue comes is when they start wearing down and getting tired. I don't see that happening here. Like I said, they've had some home cooking now. They go on the road, so maybe there's a little bit of back and forth here. Two tens a, a bit of a high price. Uh, so you know a lean with Montreal for value, but uh, I, I like looking at the, the first period and full game overs live better. All right, Florida and Boston. This should be a pretty good matchup here for this Monday night card. You've got the uh, Panthers minus 140 uh, road favorites in Beantown. Six and a half the total, two and oh versus two and oh. I got to give the Bruins some credit. Now they played Arizona uh, for one of their wins, so you don't want to overrate that too much. But they, and they beat Washington, who we've got some issues with. So you can you can you can needle this team for the strength of schedule that they've faced in the first two games. A flawed Washington team, uh, maybe the worst team in the league, Arizona. Now you're playing Boston, Florida, right? This is going to be definitely a tougher challenge for this Boston team that, again, is still without some key pieces uh, in the lineup. Grizzlick is close, but he's not back yet. Uh, McAvoy still out for a long period of time on that blue line. And now to make matters worse, too, uh, Brandon Carlo has landed on IR, placed on injured reserve. He got injured against Arizona Saturday night. Uh, and now you're talking about three key defensemen. Three of your top six are now out uh, for the Boston Bruins on that blue line going into this game. That's concerning for me. Grizzlick um, uh, with uh, with uh, McAvoy. And now, of course, Carlo uh, added to the mix. And Jake DeBrusque, top six forward, uh, did not play Saturday uh, against Arizona. He got hurt in the Washington game. Uh, and Jim Montgomery saying that he's day-to-day. And last uh, we looked, uh, if you look at the uh, most up-to-date uh, line combinations here, 
uh, for Boston. Uh, it's doubtful that DeBrusque's going to go tonight. So uh, there's all kinds of uh, concerns right now with Boston from a health standpoint. And yeah, you beat Arizona and you beat uh, Washington, who's struggling to begin the year with these issues. Are you going to be able to overcome Florida? Um, Florida, uh, with uh, back-to-back wins, they had a nice win to begin the year against the Islanders during this road trip to enter the season. And I'll tell you what, that young Buffalo team, they pushed Florida, gave them everything they could handle, but the Panthers came out on top there in that game. I would only look Florida. In fact, I will probably play Florida for a smaller play. I don't love where the price is, at minus 140, but I just think for Boston, this is an eye-opener. You know, this is a wake-up call now. You played the Sisters of the Poor, if you will. Washington and Arizona, you're going to play someone a little bit better here tonight. And now the injuries are mounting. You've got three of the, maybe your top three, if you ask me, defensemen out. McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, tough to overcome that against a Florida team that, look, changing the way they play offensively, but they've shown they're still explosive, but they're just doing it a different way. Like I said, with Paul Maurice there now, Alex, it's not scoring off the rush and transition game all the time. It's chip wow. and chase. It's four check. It's cycle the puck in the offensive zone. See if you can wear down the blue line. I think it's even more beneficial to play that way tonight when you're talking about Boston being without three of their best defensemen tonight. Cycle that puck in the offensive zone. Wear down this young defense. You know, force these guys that are in there tonight for Boston to really have to defend, 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 defend uh, in their own zone for a long period of time. That's going to be a challenge, and that's what could end up being a a concern here for the Bruins. Maybe the team total over, you could look at that with Florida as well. But, you know, you're going to see Jakobs Borrell's going to get more ice time. Forbert and Clifton has moved up to your second pair. I don't like that. Dan Renouf is going to come in from the uh, AHL to play on defense tonight. I mean, this is a very, very thin blue line right now for Boston. Take advantage of it if you're Florida. What do you think here, Alex, with the uh, Panthers and the Bruins? Yeah, you know, this is one where I'm actually looking at an under with the six and a half at even money. And it's because of, one, you mentioned the injuries that are mounting with Boston. No DeBrusque, that's that's big offensively. But no Carlo, like you said, now taking a third defenseman out of your, your original top six out of the lineup. I think the forwards are going to be a bit more reactionary and, and be a little bit more conservative to not let those D-men get into trouble. Don't hang them out to dry. I think there's going to be a lot more two-way action from, from the, the collective unit of Boston, right, as well as the goaltending. Uh, and then with Florida, you know, you mentioned about how, you know, play the, you know, the cycle game that the Maurice has in, installed. This is the one where I kind of wondered, and, and the question mark in, uh, that looms for me with this play is, could Florida try to revert back tonight because they know that Boston's blue line is, is, is a little weaker? Or do they still try to want to keep that same style? If they keep the same style, which I think they will, then I think that leads to, to the under six and a half for here. This could easily be a three to one game. They like said grind it out, wear Boston down. They only need maybe three, no more than four goals here with the six and a half. We're getting kind of lucky. I think, uh, you know, if, if that's the case now, Florida, if they decide to run and gun it, then this number could could possibly be in trouble because we know Boston can at least counterpunch a little bit with their offense at times and that style. But uh, it, it's kind of a name name your name your game thing with Florida here. What do they want to play and dictate it? I think they should get the win. It is noted three of the last six meetings between these two have gone to overtime, so I maybe take a slight lean with the draw possibly here as well. Uh, good stuff there from uh, Alex with uh, breaking it down for Florida and Boston. And a, a couple things I want to point out, too, because with Boston, we do have one of these classic, even though I like Florida tonight, we do have one of these classic prop situations taking place with the uh, Bruins tonight where Craig Smith is moving up to the top line, it looks like tonight. 
because of uh, the absence of DeBrusque. We always wondered who's going to get that spot. It's going to be Craig Smith. So there you go. Top line to maybe sprinkle on Craig Smith goal and Craig Smith point uh, in this game tonight for the uh, Boston Bruins. So uh, definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. As far as Florida goes, Matthew Kachuk uh, got his first non-empty net goal uh, as a Florida Panther uh, the other day. And again, you look at this uh, team, uh, you've got Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt, Kachuk playing with Bennett and Balsers uh, on the uh, second line right now. So nice start for the uh, uh, Panthers. And look, Bobrovsky was good in this first start, even after a shaky preseason. We'll see if he can keep it going. It's uh, Bobrovsky and Linus Allmark, by the way, uh, the goaltending matchup here uh, for this game. All right, next up, we've got uh, Anaheim taking on the New York Rangers. Uh, Rangers minus 250 home favorites, six the total. I was thoroughly disappointed with Anaheim the other night. I did not expect them to be that that pathetic, that bad uh, against the uh, New York Islanders, but they were. And it just was not a, a very good performance from them uh, by any stretch of the imagination. They'll certainly be looking to bounce back here, but they're facing, obviously, what we think is a much better hockey team. Uh, it's going to be a little bit challenging uh, here uh, with the uh, Ducks and the uh, with for the Ducks tonight against a Rangers team back home, rested too, uh, since they haven't played since that first loss of the season against Winnipeg. Which I don't fault the Rangers for that tough spot back to back. They played Minnesota before the, the night before. I think the Rangers probably win this game uh, in this one, and uh, certainly. Uh, going to be challenging for Anaheim against a, uh, and a Ranger team off a loss is not a team I'm looking to go against. So it's a game I'm passing on. Uh, obviously, you know, it's not a great value with the Rangers, but I do expect them to get the win. We don't have goalies confirmed yet uh, for this particular game, but expect Gibson and Shesterkin probably to be the goaltending matchup. That's what I would think they're projected right now. Uh, we just don't have it uh, confirmed as of uh, right now. But, uh, you know, the more you look at it with Anaheim, I, I, like I said, I think this team's going to be better. They had a terrible game against the Islanders, and they did beat Seattle. But keep in mind with Seattle, um, you know, you look at that Seattle game, they were down big in that game, and they needed a third-period rally, and then they won in overtime. So they've got to do a better job playing for 60 minutes uh, here in this one. looks like Nicholas Earl going for the dog. Like I say, I like spots to back Anaheim as a dog, but the one team, one of the few teams I will not do it against is the uh, New York Rangers, especially when they're coming off a loss. So for me, this is going to be a pass, maybe a lean to the under. you got to think Anaheim wants to play a little bit better defensively tonight as well. And six with Shesterkin in net is always kind of interesting to me toward maybe an under look. What do you think here, uh, Alex, Ducks, Rangers? I, I think Jarek Rubel in the chat nailed it perfectly. I, I like the Rangers here on the first period puck line. You can get as high as plus 128 over uh, at Bet Online, plus 125 and a couple other shops. This definitely feels like a spot where the Rangers come out hot uh, and get things rolling. Now, if this were, say, I don't know, maybe two weeks later or so forth, I would probably look at the over here. Uh, I think this would be a spot because I think Anaheim, like I said, they're going to be a, a little bit better. They're definitely a team you're going to want to back with, uh, you know, dog spots. But I just think this is not really the time where they, like I said, playing a Rangers team off of a loss and this early, this fresh. There's still a mismatch between these two clubs, uh, style wise and talent wise overall. So uh, I like Rangers first period puck line. Wouldn't touch anything full game side of total, but stuff, maybe a slight, ever so slight lean to the over here because. Uh, we've seen Anaheim be susceptible to giving up goals. You give up seven to the New, to the New York Islanders offense. What, what can you do to what can you give up to uh, to the Rangers team if they're clicking uh, early yep. and hot? So mm -hmm. that's the the one concern there. So lean to the over, but I like blue shirts in the first period on the puck line. Yeah, and we're continuing and we're continuing to think that as long as he plays on the top line for this Rangers team, there's going to be a value with Capo Caco every game to score a point, score a goal. So I'm coming right back to the well with that. 
uh, as far as Anaheim goes, the ones that I'm interested in, you got Terry Zegras are the obvious choices. I get that. People wanting to bet that. But I look at the two former Rangers. You, We always love this angle. You know, the player facing his former team. And you've got two former Rangers on this Anaheim team, Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano. I would consider props on them. You know, you know, not big amounts, but sprinkle a little bit. Both Frank Vetrano and Ryan Strom score a goal tonight for the Ducks. I mean, they're certainly going to be fired up. You always are when you play uh, the, the, your former team. And I know Vetrano was not with the Rangers for a while, only half a season, but Strom was. Strom's been there for was there for a couple of years at least. Uh, so I think both of them could be uh, tempting for uh, goal props tonight. Strom and Vetrano for the Anaheim Ducks uh, in this game tonight. All right, uh, next up here, we've got, as we continue along uh, in this, and Strom, by the way, is going to be on the top line center spot tonight. Looks like they're shaking up the lines, uh, Dallas Aiken. Strom between Terry and McTavish. There, McTavish on the top line. That's perking my interest, too, because he's actually played pretty solid for his first couple of games. And again, he's just getting used to the NHL. Uh, now he'll be on the top line tonight with uh, uh, with Strom and with Terry. Uh, Arizona and Toronto next up. Toronto minus 490. How about that? Almost $5. Uh, minus 490, uh, seven the total as well. That's moved up from six and a half uh, in this game. Huge price, huge number uh, here uh, on the, the uh, Leafs. Uh, Arizona's looked rough. You know, Arizona's looked the part of maybe the worst team in the league so far. There's no denying that whatsoever. Uh, they've been beaten up pretty badly. They've struggled at the defensive end, uh, beaten by a combined score of 12 to 5 uh, in their first two games against uh, Pittsburgh and Boston. Not going to get any easier here uh, against Toronto. And, um, you know, the big news for Toronto is obviously Murray, we know, is on long-term injury reserve uh, because of what, what happened there. Uh, a situation where, you know, we just get, uh, feel bad for him because, you know, he plays one game and he's on LTIR now with a groin injury. So Ilya Samsonov uh, had to uh, start on Saturday against Ottawa uh, instead of Murray, and he played well. Uh, Samsonov's played well for the Leafs, but Samsonov will not start tonight. They're going to opt to go with Eric Schalgren, who got called up Saturday with Murray injured, uh, and he'll make his start. Now, Schalgren's not someone that's new to the NHL. He started a bunch of games last year with the Leafs, uh, Eric Schalgren, second half of the year. And I like this decision, actually, by Sheldon Keefe to get him in there. If you're going to put him in there finally for one game and give him one start over these next couple of weeks, I'm sure Samsonov's going to get a lot of the the workload with Murray out. But this is this is the spot. You're at home against lowly Arizona. However, just as I say that, I do need to caution everybody. It's not been so lowly Arizona against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Arizona beat them twice last year. Uh, in Arizona, and then in Toronto, Arizona also won. So this is a dangerous little spot for Toronto, but. So, uh, like the full game, I don't want Toronto. But one thing we have seen, and Alex and I talked about this Saturday, and it's a little experiment, science experiment, or in this case, betting experiment. We talked about this. The first period puck line for the opponent against Arizona and the first period over uh, in the game against Arizona, in games with Arizona. Let's, let's bet them every game until they lose. And look, Pittsburgh, the first game, uh, Pittsburgh first period puck line, winner. First period over, one and a half, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Winner. The second game, Boston, Arizona, Saturday. Air, Boston, first period puck line against Arizona. Winner. First period over, cashes. Winner. I mean, to me, this is going to be the pattern we're going to see. Teams are going to want to jump on this bad team early, park the bus, you know, protect the lead once they get up by a couple of goals, and then just coast to victory. 
that's what we saw Pittsburgh do, and it's what we saw Boston do. So I do like Toronto in the first period puck line here. I'm just going with that. It's an experiment. I said I'm going to take this every game with Arizona until it loses. Take the opponent. Now, this is not a great price. I, you don't rarely, you rarely ever see a minus a half at minus 125 uh, for a first period puck line. No. But that's what you've got here uh, in this game. I am on that. I'm going to look for a lot. I certainly lean over. I'm going to look for a live over at six and a half. Maybe we get a five minute stretch of no scoring uh, early in this game. So then I'll jump on a live over and same with the first period over. I want to bet that too, but the uh, first period total is two pretty much across the board. It's one and a half in a couple spots, but you, you want to lay minus minus one ninety with that. I don't think so. So I'm going to wait for a live first period and full game over in this game. Pre-game, take Toronto minus half, minus 125. Just the experiment that I think these teams are going to jump on Arizona out of the gate early. Uh, we've seen Austin and Pittsburgh both do that. So see if Toronto can do that. This is where we're going to see how mature Toronto is. Toronto wants to, and they're locked in. They can be up 3 nothing against this team in the first period. But sometimes we have these issues with this Toronto team. They play down to competition. They lost twice to Arizona last year. But I'll take a shot with them first period puck line tonight. Alex Coyotes Leafs. Yeah. So here's the thing, and you posed a great question at the end. You know, how mature is this Maple Leafs team? And I still think the jury's out on that. It's still pretty early. They're going with the third string goal in Shawgren. I'm getting experimental in a different way. I'm like in Arizona, and I, and I saw this on Twitter, and it made total sense once I looked at the at the notes. Arizona with the alternate spread of plus two and a half minus a dollar ten. You don't see those prices unless it's the Olympics or the World Juniors, essentially. Uh, I actually like that. Even though know, I like Toronto first period puck line, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to take that full game. I think they can keep it close. And then you look back at the last three games, two of them going to overtime. The other one was a 2-1 uh, decision. Toronto hasn't necessarily been one of those teams to blow out bad Arizona teams over the last couple of years. And, and obviously this Arizona team is worse than they've been the last couple of years. I would take a small shot at the three-way draw. You're looking at a uh, price as high as 555 at DraftKings. That is awfully ridiculously high, especially when you're talking about a third-string goalie going against the Arizona team that, like you said, they've played up in competition. I think better competition than Toronto so far. You know, Boston – of course, the verdict's still out on them. They're going to take their step down. But Pittsburgh offensively, Pittsburgh is right now where Toronto should be, and, and Toronto's not. They struggle, and I think if Toronto's not geared up and, and jazzed up for this game, you know, the home ice advantage, if you look at my uh, you know charts and rankings, I have Toronto's home ice is a one. That crowd doesn't really get fired up unless it's a, a rivalry game. And, you know, how many people give their tickets away to, you know, family members and coworkers and different things for the Arizona Coyotes tonight. So maybe it's not the same electric atmosphere that we saw against Montreal uh, and in the home opener. Maybe Arizona can get a goal early and the pace gets kind of uh, a little kooky. Toronto more likely ends up with a win. But who's to say it's not happening in overtime or who's to say it's not a one goal decision. So Coyotes two and a half minus a dollar ten and the three way draw plus five fifty five going for both of those. All right, there we go, uh, Coyotes, and I agree with that. Again, I'm just this is the, this has been working for me with this first period puck line, but this is a scary game for Toronto with Shawgren and Net. They 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 lost both times to Arizona, so clearly this has been a team that's been a thorn in their side. Uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. So, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I could take Toronto first period puck line, but that doesn't stop me from taking that plus two and a half, or even a small sprinkle for crying out yeah. loud at the plus three ninety. Yeah, we, we have a rare Arizona. middle opportunity in a hockey game. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah, exactly. Because chances are, if Toronto's not up, like Toronto has a bad first period, 
they're probably going to be up against it in this game. They're going to be in tough, mm-hmm. you know, and Vamelka's has actually put some of his best performances on the board in the past against Toronto. I remember that game in Arizona last year, the fucking guy stood on his head, made like 40 some saves against Toronto. So uh dangerous game uh, for them. Uh, I do like, uh, I'm going to take a shot again with Malgan again to score. I think he's one of the more value laden uh, goal score prop options for Toronto right now. And look, if you're going to take someone for Arizona, it starts and it ends right now with, uh, Clayton Keller. You could even put Nick Ritchie there uh, right now and keep an eye on this Dylan Gunther kid. They're putting him up the lineup. This is a guy that, you know, is now on the second line uh, and he got an assist, uh, two shots on goal in the game against uh, Boston. uh, And they really like this kid, Dylan Gunther uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So keep an eye on that. There's some props I'm eyeing for this game right there. Uh, LA and Detroit, LA minus 140 road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. I ain't fading Detroit as home dogs. No way. I love this Detroit team. Uh, I've cashed with them twice now. Uh, and I was a little reluctant about the New Jersey game. Uh, but boy, I mean, they they had, had they gave up the goal early. And then Detroit was the better team, I think, for the last two periods in that game. In the third period, they just started to pull away. And that was rough, by the way, for New Jersey. And the fan base is getting upset. The fire Lindy Ruff chance uh, during that game. And uh, that's too bad. Uh, is Lindy Ruff going to play defense? Is Lindy Ruff going to put a body on somebody? Is Lindy Ruff going to make a save in net for his team? I mean, I understand you're upset with him, but this is a guy with a long-term pedigree of success as a, as a head coach. I think there's more issues than just him. I understand the coach takes the fall when the team doesn't do well, but I think if we're putting all the blame at Lindy Ruff's feet, uh, that's a, a bad job, bad move in my opinion. There's issues right now. This hasn't been a this hasn't been a good defensive team with the New Jersey Devils long before they hired Lindy Ruff as head coach. I'll tell you that right now. That hasn't been fixed. You know, you got to look at the GM and some of that going on with New Jersey and Mackenzie Blackwood. You know, it's not like I said, Blackwood shitting in the dead of night. That's what he is. He's shitting in the dead of night, not singing like the Beatles song. Blackwood shitting in the dead of night because he's shitting. Every game, it's disappointing. He's either hurt, and then when he is in there, he's inconsistent. Uh, so I, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm finished with listening to this talk that he's the goalie of the future for New Jersey. I'm sick of it. You know, it's time to step up and show it. You know, at some point for uh, the Devils. But give Detroit credit. That was a tough spot too, back to back, and they took care of business against the uh, Devils. Now, the one concern with Detroit, even though, like I said, I won't bet against them, but the concern for Detroit is they do have some key absences tonight. Uh, for this game at home against L.A. Uh, Bertuzzi out, Brana out, two of their better forwards, uh, two of their top six. So that's definitely going to be something that's bothersome. And for Bertuzzi, it's going to be four to six weeks for him uh, with an upper body injury. Brana will miss due to personal reasons. So it's a little bit of a shaken up lineup tonight for Derek Lalone's team. He's going to roll with uh, Dominic Kubalik. Watch out on the top line with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. That guy is an enigma. He can frustrate you. We know he's got offensive talents at that 30 goal season in year one and really a decline, precipitous decline ever since. But he's going to get that chance with the captain, Dylan Larkin, uh, and uh, uh, Lucas Raymond on that top line. Zadina with Cop and Perron. But to me, and uh, Dominic Kubalik is your prop value right there. We love these situations, we love these spots. The player moving up the lineup, especially when he's going to the top line. So a dominant Kubelik goal and point prop makes sense to me. I don't know if I'll bet this game. I'm leaning toward passing right now, but I, I Detroit plus 120 as home underdogs is just not a price I'm betting that against that team, even with the absences of Verona and Bertuzzi. And let's give LA credit. You know, two disappointing home losses. You know, 
picked themselves off the mat and won a wild one. I know Alex was thoroughly entertained by that game, L.A. and Minnesota Saturday. Crazy game back and forth. Kings prevail in a wild, wild shootout, no pun intended, uh, in that game. Uh, just a very impressive game that was a start to finish, uh, seven to six. No defense, no goaltending whatsoever. But the Kings found a way, and like I said, maybe the Kings are going to be a little more relaxed on the road. You know, uh, maybe that's a sign of things to come that maybe they'll have a good road trip. So we'll see if they can build off that. Uh, lean Detroit. I'm ultimately probably going to pass. Like I said, I'll look at some props that I mentioned uh, a second ago for this game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? L.A. Detroit. Yeah, so this is an uh, interesting spot. Last night, or actually yesterday afternoon, I bet uh, this game over six minus a dollar twenty, and then now we get the news that Tyler Bertuzzi out four to six weeks. But also, I think we're seeing a massive overreaction here to a couple of things. One, obviously, like I said L.A. with the the crazy seven six win over Minnesota. Uh, just jumping all out in front of Mark Andre Fleury and, and company, you know, you know, basically uh, chasing him out of the game in the first period. And then Gustafson didn't really do much uh, to write home about either. They were just trading goals back and forth. But with that being said, Jonathan Quick getting the start now Billy against Billy Huso, and all of a sudden we've seen a move from you know plus one hundred five to to you know all the way up to minus one forty. It's just really really strange in, in my opinion. I don't think the the Kings and I like the Kings. Uh, but I, like I said, I like Detroit too. And at home, I think this is a, a little bit of an overreaction. So I played over six. I can't recommend six and a half, especially now with the, the two injuries for Detroit, but I do think we'll still see this game find a way to, to get some goals. Uh, especially like I said, Dominic Kubelik definitely a prop be- uh, player. I would take a shot with, I probably will bet him anytime goal score tonight, uh, as well. I have to check the price on that, but, uh, I do like him to get into an offensive rhythm being on that top line for what's going to be now, like I said, possibly at least three to four weeks and those four to six weeks out with Bertuzzi, but we'll see how he does. If he fares well, he'll stick around on that top line. Uh, so like the, the, the lean just now with the over at the six and a half price, but a slight lean as well with Detroit. I think at a plus price at home, they can finally catch the Kings where, you know, LA historically have done well against Detroit seven of the last eight meetings they've won, but this is a different Detroit team. They've taken that step that LA took last year, in my opinion. And so I think Detroit might be able to find a way to get a victory at home. Either like in the uh, Detroit here, uh, home underdog, lean to Detroit here is a home dog. And uh, again, he bet the over six, up to six and a half as well, prior to the news about uh, Bertuzzi being uh, out for Detroit. All right, maybe the game of the night, even with Minnesota's rough first two games to the season, Colorado and Minnesota. We've got the Avs minus 125 uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, this has just been a calamity of errors for Minnesota uh, in their own end. Uh, to begin this season. It has been a disaster. It's been a complete nightmare in two games. Now, two games does not make a season. We could be uh, looking back, you know, February and March and look back on these two games. It's just a blip on the radar, but you can't like what you're seeing defensively here from the Minnesota Wild. Seven goals allowed to both the Rangers and the Kings in back-to-back home losses, uh, and it's just been absolutely rough. Now, it's also been rough for Marc-Andre Fleury, all right? He's fighting the puck. There's no denying that. There's no sugar. And I, we love the guy. We love the guy, the, the person he is, the character that he is. Uh, but there's no sugar coating. That has been a tough start for him. Really tough. Uh, not at his best, not sharp, but it's not all him. I mean, they're, they're not playing. If you watch the two Minnesota games, there's breakdowns in front of him too. I mean, it's not all on the goaltending, but at the same time, there's a couple of those shots that went in. He's got to stop. You know, he's got to make a save on them. Uh, and look, they need a spark. 
And, and Dean Evason is, I don't know if this is totally shocking given the way the season started with two losses and seven goals, 14 total allowed in the two games. But considering the pedigree of Flurry and Philip Gustafson has not shown us anything in terms of success at the NHL level. And yet Philip Gustafson is starting tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And they asked Dean Evason, uh, you know, what's the uh, reasoning behind the goaltending change? We've lost two in a row. That's the decision. So there you go. <laughs> pretty clear. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Dean Evason just coming out, wham, hitting you know, right between the eyes with that re response. Uh, yeah, we lost two in a row. We, we're not getting saves right now. Uh, and so uh, Philip Gustafson and Nett, I don't know. I have, I, I hate to say washed, Earl, it's, Nick Earl, it's too late early, but man, it's been rough to see Marc-Andre Fleury, the flower. It's a wilted flower uh, right now. Let's put it that way. And hopefully, uh, you know, he can turn things around. But now all of a sudden we're going to rush to this confidence with Gustafson. Uh, not for me. Uh, like I said, uh, he's not exactly someone I trust. You want to know his numbers last year? 3.55 goals against average, 892 save percentage. That's not great. And, oh, yeah, you got to face this vaunted Colorado offense. You know, so uh, I understand Minnesota's pissed off, angry, ashamed, embarrassed. I know nobody's happy but with the way they've started. I think Matt Zuccarello kind of called out the team, too, after the loss against L.A. the other night. But he may not play last I looked. It looks like he uh, is game-time decision here for this game. And he's been one of the wild forwards that's played the best so far this season. Already two goals, two assists four points he left the skate mornings uh, the practice early uh, on monday and so game time decision here tonight for matt zuccarello for the wild so that would definitely be uh, a blow to them one of their better forwards to begin the year in two games if he doesn't play for them so i get it minnesota's going to want to pull up their bootstraps play better but it's not like colorado's coming into this game giving away two points they just they haven't played since the loss to calgary uh, last week they're coming off a loss they're not a team i have any rush to bet against off a loss and they're certainly not a team i'm rushing to bet against off a loss when they're playing a team playing no defense right now and, and not getting saves and that's minnesota so yeah maybe we're think maybe this is a night minnesota just puts it together and as that one you know rally the troops game they buckle up defensively uh and they get some saves from gustafson he has that shocking game where he makes 38 sa saves on 39 shots and leads minnesota to a win but i need to see it uh, before I believe it, because I'm not ready to believe it. I like Colorado here at the short road favorite price, and, and I'm going to look over the total six and a half as well. Again, the, these two bets, Colorado and the over, is show me good defense. Show me you make some saves. Show me you can shore up your own end, especially against this explosive, dynamic, high-scoring Colorado squad before I'm ready to trust it. Uh, and that's where I'm at with Minnesota. Uh, the locals can't be happy. Alex, what's your thoughts? You're close by. Minnesota Wild here. They're two zero and two start. Horrendous defensively. Now taking on Colorado. Yeah, they they aren't happy at all. And uh, you know, like I said, Mark Andre Fleury is supposed to be you know a, a you know guy who can bring you some stability in that. Uh, when they brought him in late last season, and that's been far from the case in these first two starts now. So Philip Gustafson uh, getting the, the start here, and like I said, you know he made seventeen saves on twenty shots in the forty minutes he played against LA. But that game was still just a mess up and down, and it wasn't all his fault. It was the defenders in front of him uh, just missing uh, a, a lot of key assignments, you know, not uh, getting active sticks in the lanes and letting LA pass all over them. If they let LA get that kind of offense rolling, uh, you know it's it's kind of a name your score for, uh, with, with Colorado. They get a red red hot, and especially Minnesota. They took a lot of penalties in the first two games as well. You cannot afford to do that with Colorado. We saw it opening night with Chicago Blackhawks giving seven power plays to 
uh, the abs. They scored four power play goals. So this could get ugly in a hurry. Uh, I would not look to lay a lot of prices with Colorado this season, but at $1.25, that's way too cheap here. Minnesota, if they can get it, you know, turned around, so be it. Uh, but I, I'm taking a shot with the abs minus $1.25. And I really love the over two at plus 110 in the first period. Uh, if Minnesota comes out hot, they got to score early. Uh, if Colorado is going to come out hot and, and play their style, we know they're going to get goals in bunches. So uh, I think two at a plus price, that's a, a fair number here. We should see at least three or four goals here, uh, whichever team decides to, to kind of take the reins early in the first period. Yeah, so good stuff there, like in uh, Colorado as well. And uh, first period over uh, in particular uh, in this game as well between the uh, Avalanche and the Wild. This is put up or shut up time. Let's see if they can tighten up. And you know what? I think a lot of times, Alex, in a spot like this, Everson's talking about the bad, you know, defending and we got to tighten up. We got to be better in our own end, get better goaltending. Normally, I'd like to say Minnesota is going to be better defensively in goaltending tonight because, you know, the focus will be there. But the problem is the opponent. You know, now you're playing Colorado in this spot, the vaunted juggernaut avalanche. And uh, this is not an easy opponent to get right defensively against. So that's the challenge ahead of the Minnesota Wild tonight. All right, Winnipeg Jets, Dallas Stars. We've got Dallas minus 145 home favorite, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, I think there's something to the angle of Rick Bonus facing his former team. Winnipeg knows that, you know, this is a guy that was, you know, not fired, but I think he technically was forced out and they made it sound like, you know, let's make it sound good, make it look good on Rick. We'll just say he's, you know, t stepping down. Uh, but uh, regardless, his former team. And look, I know they they took advantage, Alex, of the Rangers on a back-to-back -back when they played New York on Friday night. I was impressed with the Jets' defensive game. In one game under bonus, that looked like a team playing with defensive structure. I didn't see as many neutral zone turnovers. I didn't see as much out of position in defensively in your own end. I thought that was a very sound defensive game against a very good hockey team, obviously the New York Rangers. Uh, Winnipeg looked very good defensively in that game. And that was all, all training camp. Every article you read from the Winnipeg Jets in training camp, it was focusing on improving and shoring up things in their own end. And it's only one game, but it's a good first start and a good first step for that Winnipeg defense, the way they played uh, against uh, New York and the Rangers on uh, Friday night. Now they take on Dallas. Who, look, they've gotten off to a nice start with two wins against Nashville, 4-1 and 5-1. Very impressive. No doubt about that whatsoever from the uh, Dallas Stars. And look, I was on Dallas in the first game. Uh, against Nashville. I didn't take them. I leaned to Dallas in the second game, but I did take the over. It got there as well. Should be a great goaltending matchup here. Connor Alibuck was very on top, very sharp, very on top of his game against uh, uh, against uh, New York uh, on Friday night. The Rangers played well, and obviously Jake Ottinger's played very well in two games, carrying over the way he played uh, in the playoff series against Calgary last year where he was outstanding. I do lean to Winnipeg a little bit, though, here as dogs on the road. I do. I mean, they've got the time off. You've, you've got the now Rick bonus may not be be behind the bench because he was not on Friday, you know, out with COVID uh, and he might not be able to return tonight. But it's still they know that their coach used to play there. I think that matters to still get him a W, even if he's not with the team and he's not behind the bench. Uh, I think it's just from a situational standpoint, there's things to like with Winnipeg. I like their defensive game and they played Dallas tough actually in Dallas in the last few uh, meetings they've you know it's always been a tight game close game there's been some overtime games 
as much as I like Dallas, I'm willing to sell high on them a little bit here after two wins against Nashville. I, I'm going to have a bet on Winnipeg here, plus 125. I actually lean to the under here, Alex, at six. Talk about it. The Jets want to play you know, better defense. That's the focus for them. Hellebuck looked good in that game against the Rangers. We know Dallas, they've only given up uh, one goal in the two games they played against Nashville, and they've got a damn good goalie uh, in Jake Ottinger. So to me, six seems a little rich when it comes to this total. So I lean to the under as well. Alex, what do you think? Jets, stars. Get the sketchbook out for this one because we're going to draw. That's where we're going with the draw here at plus 330. Five straight overtimes in the last five meetings. Six of the last eight meetings going into overtime or a shootout. Uh, yep. This is definitely one of those games where I feel it could be close. It could be 2-2 or it could be 3-3. So that's why I'm a little little hesitant with uh, taking anything totals-wise. We've seen most of these actually go 4-3 uh, in overtime or a shootout. So, like I said, even though Dallas, we know how they're going to be responsible defensively. Winnipeg wants to play more, uh, you know, more efficient on the on the back end. Two of the best goalies in the world with Jake Odger and Connor Hellebuck facing one another. Uh, this screams draw to me. I'm surprised we're even getting plus 330. I thought this was going to open up maybe somewhere in the 290, 295 range. So still some good value there. Jet Stars draw plus 330. You know, it's funny. Rick Bonus, he's got COVID. Hopefully he's going to feel better. Scott Arneal, by the way. Uh, is taking over behind the bench until bonus gets back. If you ever listen to bonus uh, talk, and I'm sure most of you have, because you're hockey fans, you're watching the game. I'm sure a lot of you see the press conferences, Rick bonus year round. Sounds like the way I'm sounding right now. He's got that like raspy sore throat kind of voice all the time. That's the way he talks. Rick bonus. It seems like he's got a sore throat year round and that's just his voice. That's just the way he talks. So he's, he's sounding like the way I'm sounding right now a little bit, uh, but we hope uh, Rick bonus is uh, feeling a little bit better. Uh, in uh, the near future, but I still think you're going to get a good effort on the road from this Jets team. And you know what's great for the Jets, too, is we always thought, is Mark Shifley, you know, fully locked in? There were some issues with him last year down the stretch, you know, in terms of, you know, leadership things and, you know, just production. And look, two goals in the win against the Rangers uh, for the for Mark Shifley. That is a great sign for him. If he plays well and he has a good season, it's going to make the Jets a whole lot better. Uh, a little bit, even after just one game, by the way, I upgraded the Jets a little bit in my power rate. Only two spots, but I did upgrade the Jets a little bit following that performance against the Rangers. That was a nice win. That was a really good defensive effort against a damn good hockey team. Good first step for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, but we'll see if they can uh, carry it over to tonight here uh, against Dallas. All right, final game of this uh, Monday card. We've got the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, taking on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Carolina minus 165. Uh, home uh, favorites here, or road favorites, I should say, in the Emerald City uh, in this game. Total six and a half here uh, in this game with Carolina and Seattle. Uh, I, I don't know about this spot for Carolina. Carolina, first of all, we got to give them credit for their 2-0 and start. Columbus, San Jose, Columbus at home, San Jose on the road. Defensively, very good. One goal allowed, uh, two goals in the two games, playing good at their in their own end. The goaltending from Anderson and Ronta in those two games was very good. I could see this being an under first period. I agree. Bo Buddy's nerfed saying under first period. I kind of think that could be the case. We'll see. Seattle, I think they are better offensively. Didn't show against Vegas. Uh, they got shut down pretty uh, well uh, in that game against the uh, Golden Knights. Got to give Vegas credit for that. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back here. 5-2 loss uh, to Vegas on Saturday night. That game went over the total. Um, it's tough because, look, Carolina has been playing these really – stingy defensive games early on their offense hasn't fully gotten it going yet they've had 78 shots but 
just six goals in the two games. And remember, one of them, I think, was empty net against uh, Columbus. Uh, so the offense hasn't fully clicked yet, but uh, the six and a half for the full game total looks a little high. It does, just the way Carolina is playing that defense here right now. Uh, as far as Seattle goes, we'll see if they can bounce back from the uh, – uh, home loss to Vegas in their home opener. Keep in mind, Carolina plays Edmonton on Thursday after this. Uh, so that's a pretty big opponent on their schedule. You know, they beat San Jose, but they had to they had to struggle to win that one. They scored the game winner, uh, and it was reviewed as well, and it had to stand after a video review. But they scored that two to one game winner with two minutes or so left in the third. So not an easy win against San Jose. I'd be reluctant to lay the price with Carolina. I think they're the better team. Obviously, they're number four right now in my power ratings in the NHL behind New York, Colorado, and Calgary. Uh, but I don't know if I want to lay minus 165 with them in this spot. This is more of a prop game for me. By the way, Freddie Anderson, Philip Grubauer confirmed in net. Maddie Beneers for Seattle, uh, I'm interested. I'm always, you know, Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand as well for them. And for Carolina, I'm going back to the same two. I've been betting quite a bit with success. Uh, Seth Jarvis and moving to the country, going to meet me Marty Natchez. Uh, for uh, Carolina, Marty Natchez, I think, scored the other night as well. So uh, Jarvis and Natchez have been those two player prop go to the well players uh, up front for the Hurricanes. Uh, so that's where I'm thinking in this game. I don't have a strong take side or total other than a small lean to the under six and a half. What do you think here, Alex Kane's cracking? Yeah, you know, I took a small shot here with the first period over, and it's only because it's it, it fell in the price range that I was looking at. It's not everywhere. You have to look around. Battle Online's got it minus a dollar thirty-five, where other spots had it minus a dollar forty-five, dollar fifty earlier in the day. So it's interesting to see. We're finally seeing movement now on first period totals going down, but not affecting the full game total. Uh, you know, before we were seeing those kind of correlated, always moving up. Of course, everybody was betting overs, but now people are looking at the unders. But I think. People aren't, you know, making the correct adjustments with Seattle's offense right now. Where Carolina, yes, they're playing more responsible defensively, but they can turn up the offense at any given time against any opponent. That that's just the way that they play. They they can adapt and dictate any, any style. But Seattle's offense is going to press Carolina a little bit more than what we saw uh, from the first two meetings and anything we saw from Seattle last year. I think so. That that's my lead is with the first period over. If you can get a, a good, better price in-game, I say go for it. I think you might be able to get that. I don't think we're going to see a goal in the first five minutes necessarily. So uh, that's that's the play I have for here. As far as offside, uh, definitely not looking to take the dog with Seattle, but I'm not going to be laying. Uh, even you have to lay a price with the regulation here uh, for Carolina. So I'm just going to stay with that first period over. Yeah, I will say this too. Columbus off to a winless start and San Jose, the first two opponents for Carolina. That's why I'm not taking Carolina. Seattle's, I think, going to be maybe their toughest team yet, honestly. Uh, you know, Columbus, I guess you could say, but Lion A got hurt that game. San Jose, certainly not. This will be a step up from San Jose playing this uh, Seattle team. So, an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to it because I get to hear Johnny Forsland and Eddie Olchick and JT Brown, who does a good job, too. Don't forget him. Everybody, you know, they lose track of him because they got Eddie and John Forsland there now. But uh, JT Brown's good young kids doing a nice job there as well. That's a nice booth they've got for the TV broadcasts for the Seattle Kraken. Now uh, I always enjoy it. So I'll be enjoying their wonderful coverage, uh, late night here tonight with uh, Carolina and uh, Seattle. All right. Great show, uh, late start, but still awesome show, uh, running down the Monday card. We appreciate it. Hit the like button, please. You're right. That's a great job. I got to put the comment up there from Rem most. He's hundred percent right. I'm sicker than a dog. I'm babbling through shit today. 
uh, with this damn throat, which hasn't gotten much better over the last two days. And here I am, and we're still here for you. Sicker than a dog giving us this content. Hit the like yeah. button. That's right. God damn it. Sure. That's all I ask for. Just hit the like button. Uh, it's, uh, that doesn't ask. I'm not asking for too much. So we appreciate it very much. And hopefully we get this uh, throat and this voice back on track sooner uh, rather than later. Uh, and by the way, we got a busy week of guests. We got uh, former NHL defenseman Brian Lee joining us tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to that. We had him on during the playoffs, if you'll remember, last year. So it'll be good to catch up with Brian again uh, tomorrow on the Tuesday show. We're going to have Mike Hamilton, played many years, ECHL specifically, as now an avid full-time sports better, NHL better as well, Mike Hamilton on Thursday. We're going to have Nate Rapensky, who was on with us once last year as well during the playoffs on Friday. And Kyle Bond, we rescheduled him to this Saturday, 1230 p.m. Eastern time, so he'll be with us then. So we got some busy uh, week of guests. We're going to try to get Jimmy Murphy on once this week. I'm waiting to hear back to see if Jimmy's going to join us. Uh, he's Like I said, the plan is Jimmy's going to be on once a week uh, with us. So hopefully uh, we'll get a Jimmy Murphy sighting for the first time this week with us here on the Ice Guys. All right, let's wrap this show up. Best bets for this Monday slate. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're heading down to uh... – Big D, Dallas, we're going to go with the Jets and Stars draw plus 330. Last five meetings have gone to an overtime or a shootout. Six of the last eight have gone to an overtime or a shootout. These are two top-tier goalies, two teams that are always responsible defensively. I don't see a lot of high-scoring back-and-forth action. I think it's going to be a tight, contested game, and it's going to take longer than 60 minutes to figure out who wins it. So we will go Winnipeg-Dallas with the draw uh, in regulation plus 330 is my best bet tonight. Yeah, even though I like Winnipeg in that game, I might put something on that draw because you cannot overlook the, this series history of five straight games that have gone past regulation head-to-head -head with, with the Jets and the Stars. Five straight have gone to either overtime or a shootout uh, between these two teams. So that draw is live, in my opinion. Uh, Jets-Stars draw, uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. My best bet, I'm going to go Vancouver Canucks, uh, plus 115, actually plus 118. Uh, is the best price available right now. They get win number one against a very flawed Washington Capitals team. Vancouver Canucks plus 118 uh, against the Washington Capitals. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here uh, for this Monday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, we appreciate it very much. I hit the like button uh, on the way. Over 250 so viewers. Absolutely. Huge yeah. viewership today. A bigger that. Monday card than normal. I think that plays a part in it as well. we got another big card tomorrow with our guest Brian Lee uh, joining us tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join us for that right here on the Ice Guys, uh, presented by the National Hockey Now. For Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Mm -hmm.